Good morning, my brothers and sisters. It is Pastor Mike, and it is truly a blessing to come to you all once again to share the word of God. We thank the Lord for this word that is life-changing. We thank God for being blessed. Life cannot conquer us. We thank the Lord for just being awesome, and we adore him today for just being God in our lives. Get your Bibles. We're going to be reading today out of the book of Acts, chapter 16, the 25th through the 34th verse. And my title today is going to be Chained. Chained. C-H-A-I-N-E-D. Let's find out who is chained and what God says about you being chained. The word of God in the book of Acts chapter 16, 25th verse starts as follows. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. We thank God for the word. I pray that you are delivered by the word of God today, that you are set free, and the chains will come off now, suddenly. I look up the word suddenly, and it means quickly and unexpectedly, suddenly. We sometimes keep God from doing things suddenly in our life because we still have the chains on our minds. We are mentally changed a lot in today's time and not physically changed, but our minds are stuck. Our minds are stuck in one place and stuck in here where we will not allow God to remove the chains, will not allow God to release us from whatever it is that is taking over our mind. We have Paul and Silas here, and it says they were bloodied servants of God, and they had been taken to a dungeon and placed in stocks. And when I do my study on stocks, you'll find that it is a piece of wood that would restrict movement that they would generally put on an individual and it was designed to keep you in one place. 
It wasn't like handcuffs where you still had mobility, but it was truly a device to keep you stuck in one place. And it was painful. And they would stick you, as I said, in a dungeon. And, and I began to compare these things to the mental anguish that we go through that we continue to stay in. And a dungeon is a deep, dark place of confinement. And I thought about a lot of times the dark places is in our mind. The dark places in our lives is, is how we continue to allow Satan to wreck our minds and keep us in chains. And, and, and we don't have freedom because our minds are wrecked. But if you look back at this 25th verse, it says, but at midnight, and, and every word here, you must understand that it's a meaning to everything. It's something about midnight as I break this first verse down. Typically, pain comes in the midnight hour in an unbearable way. And why would pain seem like it's, it's, it's disastrous at that time in our life, it's, it's because during the day, there's many different distractions and activities that will actually take our, our attention away from the pain at times. But when it's a dark hour and there's no distractions and there's no activity, we will tend to truly focus on the actual pain. And that's what will cause us to be in such a way that nothing else matters, but it's about the pain at the midnight hour. And it says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And have you ever noticed that, think about some of your situations where they've been really tough. How often do you sing a song? It's easy to pray. It's naturally, actually, it's natural to pray when we are distressed. But what about a song? What about a song here that was so important in this verse that I need you to grab a hold of today and apply it in your life? It says that they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Sometimes it's not just about you, but it is truly about others around you listening and watching your children, listening and watching your neighbors, listening and watching your husband or wife, listening and watching you sing how you deal with adversity, sing how you deal with things in your midnight hour, sing, do you totally fall apart or do you begin to pray and sing a hymn to God? I give you a song that through time and time, I give you some of the lyrics of the song rather, that one of the things that came to mind is, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. It's amazing how take joy, my king, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. It's not what we hear, but it's a sweet, sweet sound to God in his ear.
what we sing. You see, some of us are going to have to stop crying, begging, pleading, calling everyone that you can to complain about your issue, telling your children, telling your parents, telling those, your neighbors, your loved ones, telling just anybody that will listen to you. You're going to have to stop crying and start praying and singing. It's a mindset that you must develop in order to come out of whatever adversity, whatever calamity, whatever is going on in your life. Because in this life, it is inevitable that you will be brokenhearted. In this life, it's inevitable you're going to deal with distress and all type of issues because this is life. God didn't promise us a life of just smooth sailing. But as long as you're going to wake up, get on your two feet, it's time for the saints to fight and get the chains off of your mind. It's not about a chain physically being on you, but it's a chain of that you have allowed your mind to be controlled and, and your mind is in a deep, dark place of confinement. Confinement meaning that you can't go anywhere. And the only reason why you can't go anywhere is because you won't allow God to do it because you're stuck in your having a pity party. But my word here says in the 26th verse, suddenly, which means quickly and unexpectedly. You see, it's time for us to, to pray and sing and believe God that it will happen quickly and unexpectedly. While we're singing, the chains will be removed. While we're praying, the chains will be taken off of us. While we're praying and singing, that, it, that our voices will penetrate the walls and bars like Paul and Silas. While they were singing, it was their voice that was penetrating, that was breaking through all of the distress, all of the calamity. It was their voice, it was their, their song. It was the song that they hid in, in their spirit and, and they'll open their mouth. And you see, sometimes it's not about some of us thinking, well, I can't sing. Well, it's not about singing before folk trying to impress people, but sometimes it's truly about singing to God that he hears a sweet, sweet sound because it's coming from your heart. A sweet, sweet sound. In the 27th verse, and the keeper of the prison, it says he awakes from sleep. He sees that the doors have been opened. And he's supposing that the prisoners have fled. And back in that time, if you allow prisoners to escape, you were killed for not doing your job. You weren't just fired, but you were killed. So this man now is in great distress because the foundations of the prison were shaken. And, 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 and it says that suddenly there was an earthquake. Well, God is trying to have some earthquakes in our lives. Suddenly, that earthquake is 
in our lives should be to the place that it's so great how good God is. It's so great that everything shakes. He shakes every burden. He shakes every distress. He shakes every chain off of us. You see, it wasn't that the chains just fell, but it says it was like a great, it was a great earthquake. Some of you need to look for earthquakes in your lives. You need to be praying, God, I need an earthquake. I need something so great and powerful because of what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with death. I'm dealing with grief. I'm dealing with not having a job. I'm dealing with my finances. I'm dealing with my children. I'm dealing with my husband and my wife. I'm dealing. I'm dealing. We're just dealing day to day. I'm dealing with the coronavirus. I'm dealing. I'm dealing. We're dealing with so many ways of oppression that is causing depression. And instead of us dealing with it with a song and a prayer, we're dealing with it by laying in the bed, by crying, by putting the covers over our head. We're dealing with it by killing somebody. By, we're dealing with it by being nasty and hateful to people. We're dealing with it in, in, in such whew, awful ways that I can't imagine that God is happy about the way that we tend to deal with our situations, our dark places. You see, some of you, you need to have that hope. You see, you don't want to be hopeless, but you need to have hope in who God is. God is a provider. God said he would supply us of all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But truthfully, some of us do not believe that God will supply us. We believe that our source is man. We believe that our source is some woman. We believe that our source is our children or our, our family. We, we, we are a hopeless generation. And we're in some of our darkest hours. And God said, all I want you to do is give me a sacrifice of praise. Stop crying and whining to everybody else, but give me a sacrifice of praise. You see, when praise is the last thing that it, it comes naturally to us, and we choose to worship him anyway. It's a genuine sacrifice of praise. Because we're saying, God, I must sing to you. I must sing my way out of this. I must sing my way out of my darkest hour. I need the change to drop from my ankles. I need the change to drop from my mind. You see, there's many different ways we can preach the gospel. Many different ways. It's not about always being in a pulpit. It says here in, back in the verses that in the first ver in the 25th verse, it says that the prisoners were listening to them. Somebody's listening to you while you're going through. What you gonna do? The message is never more clear than when God's people refuse to seize their praises during intense suffering. When you're in your greatest hour of pain and distress, that's the time when you need to kick in. <clears throat> that's the time when you need to pull your bootstraps up. That's the time when you need to stand on God's word. That's the time when you need to thank him for bringing you out, not asking God, where are you? But God, I, I thank you for bringing me out. 
That's the time when you need your song of praise, when you need to walk around the house, when you need to get into your own place. And watch how the prison doors in your life will be open and loosed. Watch how folk around you will, will be delivered because of you singing and praying. Look for the earthquakes in your life because you sing. You see, the earthquake came because they were praying and singing. You see, it's not going to always be because you are crying and you're mumbling words of God. Where are you that, that the earthquake is going to come? But God is saying, do your part first. Praise me. Sing unto me. A new song. Let your words penetrate the heart of God. God is saying, don't harm yourself. How many people out here today have really felt compelled to harm themselves over hopelessness? Over hopelessness because they don't see a way out. They think about suicide because they don't see a way out. Because they can't see paying that simple bill. Because they can't see where that food is going to come from tomorrow. They think about suicide. I beg you out there today in the listening land, don't harm yourself. But lean on to God's understanding. God said he would never forsake you. He'd never leave you. So yet have I seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread. This is the God that I serve today. He is my source and my resource. I go to the word of God to, for, for hope. I go to the word of God for peace and understanding. I go to the word of God because I know that he said he's more than enough. I go to the word of God because he said that I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Not my job, not my children, not my wife, not, not someone out here in a, a, whatever the relationship may be, but I get my hope from my God. I get my motivation for everything that I deal with externally from the word of God. If you would turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 16th through the 18th verse. Let's talk about how you need to be motivated to deal with the change in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 starts and says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, folks, for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and ex eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, get your eyes off of what you see, because if you put your eyes on what's in front of you, you will lose heart. 
If you put your eyes on the outward man, you will lose heart because the outward man is dying from the time that he's born. That's why we start out strong and we end up feeble and weak because we're going back to the grave. This body, keep your eyes off of what's in front of you. Keep your eyes off of the situation and put your eyes on what's eternal. And it finishes, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That should be your motivation. But some of you will not have motivation because you won't open up the word of God. Some of us will not have motivation because we will depend on everybody else except for the true source. We won't go to the well to get water. We'll ask to borrow water from everybody else coming along. But we, we know where the well is, the source, which is God. But we'll ask other folk to pray for us. We'll ask other people to do things for us. But we won't open our own mouth and pray and sing a song to God. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Whew. There will be difficult times in our lives. Death will come. Grief will come. But you better have a song. There will be lack at times in your life. But you better have a song to deal with you need to find that special song that you just love to hear and sing it yourself. And every time that there's a situation, every time that there's a moment of, of despair, every time that you feel like you are hopeless, you ought to sing that song as motivation for your spirit, as motivation for those listening to you because your children and loved ones are sitting around watching you. Somebody is watching you when you think they are not. They're seeing how do you deal with calamity? How do you deal with the small things? Do you wild out? Do you fall apart? You see, sometimes God will free us from chains so that we can turn our backs on our slavery and walk away. You see, sometimes in your life, and, and, and I'm going to take a moment here to give you understanding. Sometimes you will be free to leave and sometimes you will be free to stay. You will be free to leave sometimes in situations and others you will be free to stay. And what that means is sometimes God will never appoint you to share that part of your testimony or minister that part of your testimony to those that are still chained in that type of lifestyle. And then other times, he'll actually call you to share that testimony, to reach out to other survivors of that whatever type of abuse or, or however you, they, you've been victimized. He'll call you He'll free you to stay. And sometimes he'll free you to leave. Sometimes it'll what you go through, will you will just deal with it yourself. But he will free you. And other times he'll call you to tell somebody 
that is going through the same thing. All about your testimony. And that's how God is. Be willing to allow him to put some things to public use in your life and then also other things to private use. Everything is not for the public and everything is, it, it, it's, you must know the will of God. Begin to ask God sometimes, what is your will before you open your big mouth? You see, pressures and tests will come like they did in Paul and Silas' life. But you need to call out to the Lord. And you need to say, Father, what is thy will? As I think back to Jesus being on the cross and, and he, he began to, when he was on that rugged cross, he began to say, Father, let this experience of death pass from me. And on the third time, he, he, he says, at the end of that, he says, nevertheless, not thy will, but let thy will be done. We need to say the same thing in all of the distress that we go through. Father, not my will, but let it be your will. Take the chains off of my mind. Lord, get me out of that dark and confined place. I don't want to be there anymore. It's because of your blood. Jesus didn't stay on the cross, but he got up in three days. It's time for you out there to get up. Get up out of your pity party. Get up out of your do nothing, laying in the bed and crying and whining. Get up out of your wine bottle. Get up out of your pills. All those things are temporary. But after they wear off, you're right back to trying to get high again. The only thing that is permanent is knowing Jesus, having a song in your heart that whatever the situation is, through prayer and song, God is truly going to send an earthquake, which is suddenly and unexpectedly in your life so that healing will come forth now not next week not next month not next year but now suddenly and unexpectedly i'm believing that god is going to send earthquakes in our lives with all that we're going that's going on in today's time I thank God for his word today. I hope and pray that you have been totally delivered. Deeply. Deeply. We thank God for sending his faithful love to us day by day. We just ask you, Lord, that our, uh, we have a song in our spirit. That in that midnight hour, whatever time it may be, 
We know it's a midnight hour. We're just believing, God. We're clinging on to hope. And we pray that you will give us a song that in the midst of all that's going on, Father, we will be totally delivered immediately by your words in the song of praise. We thank you today, Lord, and heal those that are need a healing out there in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we command every, every, everything, Lord, that every dart from Satan, everything that will come, try to come to your people, we command that it must go right now in the name of Jesus. We pray this prayer, Lord, by the blood of Jesus, the blood that ran down on Calvary, Father. It wasn't about anything else other than the blood. The power's in the blood, and we thank you for your blood right now, Father. We thank you for deliverance by your by the word of God, by the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. I plead the blood right now for that individual out there that is, is seriously mentally chained. I thank you for the earthquakes, Father, of deliverance. We thank you, Father, for new generation and how you continue to bless us financially, physically, spiritually. We thank you, Father, for direction. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your people, the people of God that have a mind, Lord, to, to want to do right, to want to live right. We thank you, God. We pray this prayer this morning, Father. And we know, Lord, that you hear and not only hear, Father, but we know it's like the seed. When the seed is planted, before the seed is planted, it's dead, Father. But once it's planted, life is activated. And we know that the words coming out of our mouth right now, Father, they've been activated, God. So we have an expectation and we thank you for being blessed. Where well, we know that it means life cannot conquer us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, thank you all once again for listening to Pastor Mike. I thank you for all your financial contributions, for your spiritual contributions. We thank you all for all that you're continuing to do with your tithe and offerings. And may God continue to bless you in a mighty, mighty way. Be blessed and have a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen.